0: From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck. All right, so if you listen to
3: my show, you know that Mondays are difficult for me. They're off of two days of me not doing the show, and I've got a lot to discuss and talk about. So today's going to be a little different, because I'm normally angry for all kinds of different reasons, but I am in the beautiful, and I can't believe it, I didn't know Romeoville was this nice. I'm at Mistwood Golf Club. We are at an event that is sponsored by the 100 Club of Illinois that benefits first responders. Support the blue. You still say that, right? Well, you can say it in Romeoville without getting a dirty look. Um, so we can say it here. And it reminds me of why I get so aggravated every time we discuss the collapse and bankruptcy of Illinois. Because it is a beautiful place. There are wonderful businesses. There are so many conservatives and and uh, non-Democrat Mafia members who have to pay the cost of the failing Democrat Mafia policies. So it it's aggravating on a different level. It's not just aggravating because I saw that moron Flannery show as he fluffs the um, the Marxists, the Marxist mafia, and he brings on one alderman after the next to play victim. They're a victim of circumstance rather than the reality of this is where their policies lead. So my favorite um, example of this phony, phony virtue and this phony sense of accomplishment is Lori Lightfoot. There has been nobody that really exemplifies a Democrat. Corrupted, incompetent, failure that she is always yet irritated always irritated by the climate and the collapse that she has really not just assisted in but rules over when the reality is chicago should be put into a receivership 73 people shot In 2017, the cost of that, just the shootings alone, cost Illinoisans, Chicagoans, Cook County, in excess of $450 million. That was the cheapest of the last four years, by the way. We're already at that number in just the medical costs, aside from the fact of all of the money that goes into this particular arena. Anyway, when you factor in the schools, when you factor in the housing and everything else, we're paying billions of dollars for a society that is collapsing and killing itself. And Lori Lightfoot comes out with righteous indignation. or really, it's just faux righteous indignation.
2: What's also frustrating and heartbreaking is that for some in our community, their thirst for revenge has no sense of decency. They don't want to let the criminal justice system play itself out.
3: They want to engage in street... You know who she's referring to? People who comment on how ridiculous it is that we have assailants that are on a revolving door, that were arrested months ago and are arrested time in and time out and are let out on the street to commit more heinous crimes and more shootings and more violence. But when you ask the Democrats, when you listen to them, the the national spectrum, and you see the people who are prominent in the Democrat Party, like the very lovely dimwit AOC, you hear her tell you don't believe your lying eyes.
4: We are seeing these headlines about percentage increases. Now, I want to say that any amount of
3: harm is unacceptable and too much. But I also want to make sure that this hysteria, you know, that this doesn't drive a hysteria and that we look at these numbers in context so that we can make responsible decisions about what to allocate
4: um, in that context.
3: So at what level do you become hysterical? We had 73 people shot, 73 in the course of two days. What's the number where we get hysterical? Is it eighty-three? Is it one hundred and three? What is the number when you realize that week in and week out, it's just more of the same news and the same phony, phony solutions and anger by the very dimwits who create this climate, both through policies and through practice.
4: Hi, Julie and Ben. The goal here is to create safer communities by building affordable housing. And
3: you're gonna, you're gonna create safer communities. By building new houses in the ghetto. This is the grand solution? Does anybody want to know how much money is being laundered through this phony development? Who do you think gets those contracts? Do you think that they're campaign contributors to a certain aldermen? Do you think that they're campaign contributors to certain Democrat officials that okay this money? This money to be thrown down the black hole of Democrat failure called Chicago. They're building brand new houses for neighborhoods where you have a better chance of getting shot in your living room than catching a program you like on one of the thousand channels that the public pays for.
4: The plan is to build those homes on thousands of vacant lots on the west and south sides in the city. Starting with 250 lots here in North Lawndale, two model homes are already under construction. 18% of the land here in this neighborhood is vacant, and the group United Power for Action and Justice is trying to change that. It's working to secure 25 plus million dollars in loan commitments for construction. It
3: $25 million to build new homes in, disgu- in terrible, dangerous, disgusting neighborhoods. This is not the solution. See, do you see the pattern of more failure gets more money? Then why in the hell would you succeed? This is the neighborhood that is used as a weapon against all others in the state, in the county of Illinois. It is, it is preposterous to me that we have a solution to put $25 million in a few blocks rather than focus on what we really need, which is protection. How about you take the money that you're building the houses with and you hire private security if you're not going to let the police do their jobs?
4: has $10 million from the state to help with subsidies for homebuyers, which will amount to about $30,000 per homeowner. The city is selling 250 city-owned lots to this reclaiming community's joint venture for $1 each.
3: Do you know why they're city-owned? Is anybody curious as to why they're city-owned? Because the people couldn't pay the taxes and they forfeited the property. That's the only way the city owns the property. So they're capitalizing on their failure yet again. And that $1 that they're selling it for, comes with all of the tens of millions of guarantees, how much of that money finds its way back in the politicians' coffers that organize this scheme? This is literally a scheme.
4: This is about allowing people to begin to build generational wealth and invest in their communities, making them safer.
3: How do you build generational wealth in a city like Chicago? by telling them that if we give you this house, it's somehow going to lead to wealth, when the policies they create, in fact, destroy the equity of all the other neighborhoods. If you look at a price point in Chicago, it is more than stagnant. It is declining. Couple that with the cost of taxation and just the mere cost of living in the city. But yet, there is not a reporter out there that wants to discuss the 70 years of regurgitated failure. We keep buying the same B.S., What is it, because this reporter's voice is different? Because this is the exact same thing that every politician who ever ran in Chicago ran on for the last 70 years.
2: As leaders of a city that is predominantly black and brown, we all have a responsibility to create a Chicago where every resident, no matter their zip code, has access to the resources that they need to lead stable lives and achieve upward mobility.
3: What about the neighborhoods that you've destroyed because of these policies? There's no upward mobility in the ghetto. There is only government and the people who unfortunately don't make it into the system of government. That's the only thing. And that's why it is insatiable. You cannot fund it enough.
4: And home ownership is a critical part of that journey. And what's it like? This is going to take some time. The goal is to build about 250 homes every year and a half to two years.
3: So now what does it feel like to be in the home next door? Let's say that that person works three jobs to have it. Let's say that that person works all that time and then comes home to try to improve it on the weekends. And all of a sudden the guy who lives next door just walked in and got it? What's that feel like? Is anybody concerned with that? Now you understand why there is such a a hopelessness in these neighborhoods. Because you could do the right thing the whole time. You could do the right thing, still fear for your life, still try to make as much money as possible. And in the meantime, who gets the brand new house? With the brand new appliances, with the brand new everything. Who? It ain't you. So what's the point of doing the right thing in these neighborhoods? If after all, all you're going to do is continue to reward the worst behavior and the worst circumstances. You kind of see why the snake is eating its tail, pretending to be full, and they're still buying this phony, phony anger from this phony, virtuous scam artist? Or is it that they've all been outsmarted? Because you have yet to hear an alderman, even from, what, the one the one district that actually pays taxes in that city? And mum's the word on the 73 that were shot. In fact, if you question her about any of those shootings, guess what you are? You're the bad guy. Not Not the fact that she's built this climate where now it's normal... To have 73, 54, 38 on a good weekend, it's 38 if it's cold outside.
2: So the, the premise of your question, which is it's chaos everywhere, and the fact of the matter is, sir, which you also didn't point out, but I will, um, so we get this straight, is that we're actually seeing a decline in homicides and shootings.
3: There you go. It's a decline. It's great. Bring your kids down. Enjoy the city. You're going to have a good time. Walk along the river. It'll be splendid. Just wear your Kevlar hoodie. I'll take your calls when I get back. So right after, or I should say right before Mike Flannery, there was a commercial there was a, a news story about how this development on the footholds of uh, we live as you know what we work is they went into housing we live and there's kind of knockoff companies where they um, give you this whole lifestyle when you walk in and by the way, most of it is built in areas where there are TIF agreements and there are special loans and there are special contracts. So as I was watching this, I remembered the name Optima, and I thought to myself, "hmm. Where have I heard that name Optima before? And uh, it's because, as you know, I sell real estate in Florida and I spend quite a lot of time in Florida. And I remember in Florida, there was a scam that I had read um, about how a Ukrainian oligarch secretly became the largest real estate holders in Cleveland based out of Miami and Texas. You're never going to believe what the name was. You're never going to believe it. Optima. So the way it works is I went and looked it up. Now, see, it's funny that Flannery followed this. You know, the investigative reporter, along with Chuck Gowdy and his wide hips. Yet nobody wants to look into the actual stories. See, Optima is a front organization. And what they do is they, they launder money through Ukrainian oligarchs and foreign banks, through investing and washing it here, then defaulting on the money, which you, the American citizen, underwrite in Ukraine. Did you know that? Well guess what city they're welcomed with open arms. You guessed it, the lovely hub of the Marxist Mafia called Chicago. Dave in Downers Grove, thanks for calling.
5: Hey Sean, hey listen, uh, I've lived in Chicago area my whole life, I'm starting to think like a Democrat, you know the shootings uh, percentages are up, the killings are down, she's right. I think maybe they should offer target practice. Maybe we get those killings up, but it always no all the bullets.
3: Maybe we'll get the news. Well, we do have we do have a sponsor here who who talks about uh, gun control. I mean the actual gun control, like targeting. And uh, right now he's sponsoring all kinds of concealed carry classes. So maybe we should be able to hook him up. But yeah, I don't. I'm not rooting for more people killed. What I'm rooting for is an understanding of how to make it stop, and that's through putting in prison the people who are doing the shootings, versus. Letting them check out like it was the Holiday Inn Express—it's ridiculous to me. Nathan in Crown Point.
1: Hey, Sean, how's it going? Good. Love Nathan. your attitude, man.
3: Thank you very much. That's hey, the first time I ever have... heard that those two words put together. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> I, I love it. You're all fired up over some awesome stuff. Thank you. Anyway, yeah, the clip you played with Lori Lightfoot said, you know, we all have the responsibility to clean up this town or what have you. I don't get that. I live in Crown Point. We have high taxes, and we take pride in our town. We don't have crime. Why do we all have to... See, the sales, the, pitch,
3: the sales pitch of communism, which has branched off in all these other philosophies that we pretend are not communism, but they are, is that you are mortgaged into someone's stranger's life and existence. In fact, you are responsible for him and it's through your earning that they must take the the money away because after all, it's for someone else's benefit and you don't want to be unkind. So the Marxists, the communists, the socialists and the American Democrat all have a habit of saying we. Yet when it comes to actually funding this, they don't do it. Believe me when I tell you, These oligarchs, like Lori Lightfoot, like the Dailies, like the the Joe Biden family, they don't pay the taxes the way they want to hire 75,000 IRS agents to come after you. They're not interested in that. So we only applies in the sales pitch. And then what happens is you have a problem. Thank you very much for calling the show. I appreciate it. Greg in LaGrange.
1: Hey, how are you, sir? Good, buddy. This story's been played out before, and it's been played out in Baltimore. And Habitat for Humanity built homes for people, and people moved into them, and they had jobs in the beginning.
5: We don't even have jobs here, right? People won't work. Because- you don't have jobs. Here's a, here's. Uh, let's add a five. caveat
3: to that, Greg. You don't. You do not yeah. have jobs that are not government funded. Ultimately, if you could unwind how much government money, both state and local and federal money, is in the, the so-called jobs in Chicago, I think you'd be astonished to learn. I would venture that there's 30 percent of them, 30 percent, that are not directly as a result of free welfare money.
2: Yeah,
1: and it's incentive, you're incentivized not to work. The problem is, is when you do work and the jobs go away, you are stuck with the house. You cannot fix a hundred years of destruction and slow motion train wreck no. No. by giving people things. You can't do it. You have to build from the inside out. That means building communities. And how do you do that? You get people jobs, you get people property rights. You,
3: you can only do it through right. a private people. sector. What? You can only do it through a private sector that is strong and a public sector that is weak. This is what they don't want to relinquish, the power. They would rather ride it into the dirt like Russell Crowe in Gladiator than recognize their own failures. That's what they're good at. Thank you for the call. Boy, this Marxism is going to be fun. It's just its wonderful. We have the best example for all of the American Democrats. Just take a look at the Democrat-run sewers that they control. That's what you just sent to Washington, D.C. And this poor son of a gun can't get to the bathroom without a nurse. David, Logan Square.
6: Hey, Sean. Hey, I can't believe, man. 75, 73 shootings? I thought
1: we were in the 60s, bro. Yeah, 73 shootings. I was going to tell you, I was going, like, uh, I think it was last week, I was going to tell you a story. that so I had one guy going down the block telling everybody he was going to kill, you know?
3: Uh-huh.
1: And he told a baby in the stroller and the mom. And he came to me. I called the police. I made sure that the mom was Okay. They, they, they went the other way, but you know, I can't, no one does anything. Because you you've neutered the police, people. though,
3: Dave, you have to understand. You, know, oh. I, you neutered the police. You're living in a climate where the people who are supposed to in, enforce uh, the, the tranquility of society and the lawfulness of society are now under attack themselves. So that's what you're seeing. You're living in real time the collapse of a society, David. And you know why it's happening? And you know why it's promoted by politicians? Because they just keep getting more money that they're in control of. And their little pet projects where they can put out the money and then get 30% back in campaign contributions. This works in this scheme. Because the American Democrat voter, he's not interested in solving the problem. He wants one of the free houses. And wouldn't you? You, how could you blame me? You mean I get a brand new house and all I have to do is be incapable of paying all my bills. Well, then what's the point? I'm sitting in a place now. There's I don't know how many servers working their derriere. off. been working here all day, all day. When they get their check, they're going to... Listen to guys like me, get me sunglasses, get me a non-alcoholic beer and the rest of it. Why do that when they could sit on their derriere and call an alderman and get on the list and get a free house? It's ridiculous. It is the, the recipe for failure, and we keep buying it. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. I shot <laughs> That's why Johnny Rocket is worth his weight in gold. You know, I, I was going to change topics. I'm going to tell you the truth. But there, are, there is so much horrific chaos, and you think about the 73 people that were shot. And you think about how their lives... Can you imagine if this was your sister, your brother, your mother, your father, your kid? Forever changed. Forever changed. And the brazenness in which it's happening was exemplified in the dash cam. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the dash cam video where they got out like it was a remake of the modern-day St. Valentine's Day massacre. The kid gets out with a gun that I have to tell you, it looked like a Tommy gun remake. It really did. He gets out in the middle of the day. The video camera on the dashboard of the car behind him has the license plate. Has anybody been caught? And the answer is no. And if they are caught, what's the time? What's the sentence? What will happen?
4: New tonight, a man stuck in traffic. But all of a sudden, he's right in the middle of a shootout. (laughs) Guns in the open, shots fired. Our Charlie DeMar tracked down the driver with one wild story.
0: 87th near Lafayette on Chicago's south side. It's where Huber Perez-Negron found himself stuck in traffic, stopped at a red light, driving with a friend Thursday morning, just running some errands. His dash cam, which records inside the car and out, was rolling. First, someone gets out of the back seat of the car in front of Huber with a long gun and begins shooting. Another man also... Now we've
3: got Gary... From Illinois Concealed Carry here in, in, the, in attendance at the audience. Gary, do you uh, do you think that that gun was bought through the legal channels or there was any background check that could have stopped it from being possessed or made from the gangbanger scumbag who felt confident enough to shoot it in the public? Absolutely not. Absolutely not for you people in the cheap seats. It is true. There isn't a law that could have been created that could have prevented that crime. Now, they're going to tell you there is, and in the meantime, there's a reason for
2: it. Yes, sir. You, 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 Uh, sir, okay. No, 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 no. Let him, let him ask his follow-up question so he doesn't claim that somehow we're being biased and slighting the guy from Newsmax. Please, sir, it's 630 going on seven. Ask your follow-up question.
1: Well, um, my follow-up question is simply this. Many uh, residents in Chicago feel that you've lost control of the city. Uh, now it appears as though you've lost control of the Chicago City Council. Uh, do you owe an apology to the victims of violent crime, the thousands of unsolved shootings and murders and stabbings and random stampings in, in the downtown and the south side and the north side and the west side? Do you owe, so, do you owe so, these people any so, apology? So
3: once again, now, now all she can focus on, she didn't hear a word that came out of his mouth. She waited for him to stop talking because the question is a valid question. Do you owe an apology to the victims? The victims are victims because you've set the climate. That is your job as mayor. If it's not, then what the hell is her job? What the hell is her job? To go out there in her ridiculous clown costume and entertain the people while the city collapses? She has a service and a job to do. My only question is, at what point... Do actual Democrats, I don't know how many that are not communists, but the Democrats that are out there, at what point is the failure enough? 312-642-5600.
2: Sir, I, I ask you to get your facts right. Um, crime is not out of control in our city. In fact, crime is on the decline.
3: All- 73 this week and two days Just lie right to everybody. And how many Democrats nod their head yes? Are they the same ones that nodded their head yes to give this clown and the other Dr. Dryheve the power to take away your business? Fred, Orland Park. You know, Sean,
1: real estate taxes are going up on my my property. They had an article in the Sun-Times this weekend about 3.3. This couple only paid $2,500 in taxes. That represents corruption within this city and what's
3: going on. That's Everybody wants a, a game and they represent the Democrats. Fred, that's called if you got a guy. You got a guy? Oh yes, right? You hire you hire you hire Mike Madigan and his midget mafia, you hire that law firm, that phony law firm with the ugliest secretaries in in the city of Chicago. You hire that firm, and then you give a little grease. You grease the right guy, and magically, your property taxes go down. How does that happen? Well, because the judge knows the lawyer, and the lawyer knows the judge, and you paid the right guy. That's the system that pays. That's Chicago. That's why you could take a company that's been run out of states for Ukrainian oligarch front money. And they're doing commercials for it before an investigative reporter, as if Optima is a legitimate company. And I wish to God they'd sue me. I really do, because I'd love to go through discovery with those scumbags. I really would. That's just me. I'm silly that way. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Don in Bloomingdale.
1: Hey, Sean. Hey, I got a question. How come every North Shore kid with a Mustang GT knows what corner to go to down on the West side? to score his heroin that feeds this violence, but the cops don't know where to pick up the pushers and the big gangbangers. And you know what, John? These aldermen are getting greased. And the reason they let these clowns out of jail so quick is because they have too much information. If they flip on the aldermen, all, this all ends.
3: Don, here's the thing I want to point out to you. Let's say you and Mayor are cops, right? We're driving around. Yep. We're deciding if we want a beef sandwich or we want a hot dog. And we're worried and we want to go home to our kids. Right. And now we know we're in a system and we're in a city that no matter how good we do our job, we could be dirty, hairy. No matter what we do, we bring in six, seven, ten guys on a shift. By the time our shift is over, they're back on the road. At what point do I say, hey, Don, you know what? It's getting a little. Let's let's not go. Let's not go here. Let's let's go to the suburbs. Let's get something at Panera right outside the city of Chicago where we could sit down and enjoy ourselves. I don't blame the cops. I absolutely don't blame the cops. I blame the politicians. I blame the so-called justice system, which is run by politicians and the Democrat judges who are influenced by politicians. The entire system is rigged, and the Democrats are the representation for criminals and for the people who refuse to comply with society's rules. Thank you so much, Don. I appreciate the call. Craig, Mount Greenwood.
1: Oh, hey Sean, thanks for taking my call. I mean, hey, listen, here's what it is. First of all, these leftists they haven't got a clue how to deal with any But they don't want to do it. They love to the murder and Mayhem because it gives them an excuse to come after law abiding citizens and take away their guns. So even if they could figure it out or they knew what to do, they wouldn't do it. They want all this to happen. These are the scumbags. Like the well North here's the there. thing,
3: Craig, you gotta remember, this is what breads or this is what butters their bread. This is how they raise money. This is how they get more money from the federal government. This is a money-making scheme. This is their big earner, baby. The more chaos, the more people are willing to be taxed, the more they're willing to accept fees going up, and the more, go- and the more welfare they can get from states who do not have these problems. You know, states not run by Democrats. The, the correlation is very simple. Where is the town and who runs it? That's how you know its future. They do not run one major city. One major county, one major state that is not an absolute and There are actually people that are their victims.
5: Do me a favor, kid. Yeah, Yeah, good morning. Now, a couple of those victims are here at the University of Chicago actually recovering from the shootings that happened last night. Now, one of those shootings took place in the Marquette Park neighborhood and left 11 people injured. Take a look at the scene from that situation. Police are telling us people were gathered near the corner of 63rd and Artesian before eleven P.M. when three males came from an alley and fired shots into the crowd. A female victim was taken to the, the University of Chicago hospital with a gunshot wound to the chest. She did not survive a thirty 30- Hey, you know what would have helped her?
3: Is if they inve- if they if they invested and built a new house in that neighborhood and gave it away. That would have solved everything. 312 642 5600 If you have school-age children, you're not thinking about summertime. I'm sorry, you're not thinking about back to school, you're thinking about summertime. But before you know it, it'll be time to go back to school. Can you say with confidence, you know what school will look like for your child this fall? Private schools and private school students know for sure they'll be back to school this year. If you ever thought about a private school but didn't think you could afford it, think again. The most affordable way to send your child to a private school is through HalfPriceSchools.com. Right now, vouchers are available for 50% off the normal tuition for private schools across Chicagoland, including Chicago Hope Academy on the near west side of Chicago, Emmanuel Lutheran School in Palatine, Lake County Baptist School in Waukegan. Go to HalfPriceSchools.com, search for a private school near you, and purchase a voucher today. Then prepare to send your child back to school in the fall in a classroom to a school you can trust. Visit HalfPriceSchools.com today. Now the reality is, is it getting the uh, the attention that it deserves? I mean, aside from conservative talk sh- radio shows, aside from HeyJackass.com, are they publicizing? Now we, that clip that I got you is from WGN, and of course that's a shooting where eleven people were shot. Why is this not published every day, every time, or the next day after everybody gets shot the day before? The names—do they not deserve to have their names known? Dan, How are you, Dan, thanks for calling the show.
1: Yeah, Sean. Yeah, I was reading the Tribune today, and uh, according to them, no one got shot this weekend. Really? Not one reported on.
3: Did they have a coupon, like, to take your kid on, like, the salty dog ride or anything? <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you imagine that the fact that you are living in a, in, a, in a city? And when you think about it, yes, Chicago is big. There's no question about it. It's a big city. But 73 human beings were shot. I
5: know, not how, really many
3: more, how many more were carjacked? How many more were robbed?
5: Yeah.
3: And the reality is you, you're never going to get a, a, a handle on those numbers because the platform for failure by politicians is not to admit it and work openly and honestly to correct it. It is to fudge the numbers and lie about the cure because How it's about raising money. Comfort? Beware the swindler that asks that that calls money into these into these certain blighted areas as investment. There's not investment there. There's just more
5: chaos. Year, 34 year old man was shot in the torso and leg. He was taken to the same hospital and is listed in serious condition. Now, another shooting took place earlier in the South Shore neighborhood. Police say that happened around 8 45 last night near the corner of 71st and Clyde. This time, police told us five men and a woman were outside when a black SUV drove by with the person inside firing at the group and hitting all six people. A female victim from this situation was shot six times. She was taken here to the University of Chicago.
3: High- was was the, anybody in the vehicle arrested? Was the vehicle identified? What exactly happened? And the answer is they got away with it. I mean, if you are going to be a low-life scumbag, there's a great city here. Come here and get away with it. That should be the advertisement for, for Chicago. That should be exactly what we focus on. And when, you know, the, the, the rinse and repeat excuses seem to be working. And the rebuttal of it by so-called Republicans, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I think this is something that they could run on. The idea that we cannot elect people or, or, or inspire voters when we have this kind of failure is unbelievable to me. Tom in Kenosha. Hi, Tom.
1: Sean. Tom.
2: Yes. Um, buddy.
1: Yes. Everybody talks. uh you think the COVID, all everybody wanted to talk about was the number of cases they, that way, they could polish up the, the issue. Well, on gun violence, I, death is a big deal, and so is um, gunshot wounds. How about attempted? How about all the shots fired into homes, cars, and? It's incalculable. On that. It's, well, incalculable, it it, it's incalculable. It,
3: it's incalculable,
1: Tom. It's incalculable. It's probably a thousand over the weekend. That number should be hammered in all of the uh, RNC election lead-ins. Yeah. In my opinion. And until like you take...
3: You... Go ahead. Go ahead. Until you like take the you... approach that we are going to penalize this crime, until somebody commits one of these crimes and they are sentenced to major, major time, what's the, what's the, um, what's the disincentive? What's the disincentive? If you know all you have to do is get away with it, and if you get caught, you're talking about a revolving door justice system. How can you ever stop it? It isn't through giving houses away, it doesn't work. It just leads to bigger campaign contributions, and that is the real game. Bob and Wheaton.
0: Hey, Sean. You know, I'm hearing this. This guy got shot. That guy got shot. Your last gentleman was great by saying, "Yeah, how many people? How many people did not get hit by the bullets? But how many shootings were there really?" But also, I want to know who got stabbed. How many people got stabbed? Does that matter? Those lives don't count. The people got stabbed. They're not talking about that because they're not trying to get rid of knives. At Bob, least it, not yet, because in-
3: if our media, Bob, isn't going to publish the names of the people that got shot. How, I mean, you, you know you're asking a rhetorical question when you ask about why aren't they. Because if they did, they would create an outcry among the people who are their victims of their policy, also known as their voting block. And until that changes... It's an unfortunate happenstance that we are never going to get rid of the trajectory of Chicago or Illinois, for that matter. You know, there's a wonderful kid here, and I'm I'm going to have him on the show one of these days. And uh, I met him today at the golf outing. And his name was, I believe it's, I know his last name is Cruz. I think it's Danny Cruz. And he is going to run for Senate against Tammy Duckworth and he's a wonderful kid who grew up in the area and he's an optimist and he's a capitalist and he believes in the principles and foundations of Americanism and he was talking to me today and it was sad for me to inform him unfortunately in the key districts the voting is corrupted you are not going to win among a people who can tolerate these kind of failures politically you're not going to win his name is Robert Cruz. I think I said Danny. His name is Robert Cruz. And he's a wonderful kid and he's you know you'd be proud to have him as a representative, as a senator, as anything. But what's he going to run on? I'm a capitalist. I don't believe in giving people something for nothing. I fight for the property rights of the people who earn the money. I think the money's best in hands of private citizens versus government. Is he going to win in Illinois? How do you win in Illinois? You win by promoting more failure through a righteousness of welfare. That's the formula. So if you want to win, run as a Democrat. And just promise you can do it better than the last Marxist. You're less corrupt.
0: From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned
3: So we are live from Mistwood Golf Club in Romeoville. We have a bunch of conservatives in a small room in Illinois. Very rare. Very rare. You get more than two or three of them. And it's even more rare you're doing a radio show while it's going on. My next guest is someone who I am really looking forward to talking to. Michael Knowles is the host of the Daily Wire's Michael Knowles Show and Prager University's The Book Club. He is a number one national best-selling author. He's got a new book out, and I wanted to bring him on to talk about it. How are you, Michael?
1: I'm doing very well. Great to be with you.
3: Thank you for taking time to join me. I've enjoyed your writings, and it's always depressing for me, Michael, when somebody who could be my son has achieved so much, and yet all I've ever wanted was a convertible and a girl that could keep a secret. So it's depressing in one way that you've achieved all of this. Tell me about your new book, Speechless.
1: Well, the book is not quite as exciting as a, as a Girl in a Convertible, but I hope it's somewhat exciting. Uh, the all book right. is, is called Speechless, and it traces the history of political correctness, which we now call wokeness or cancel culture. You know, they're always changing the words. so it's a that they've changed that term, too. But it, it describes the same old scourge. And uh, I, I, I began the book because, one, I didn't see a really popular history laying out actually how this all happened. But two, because it occurred to me that conservatives have been fighting PC for at least 30 years now. Trump said it was the, the greatest threat to the country when he ran in, in 2016. And yet, no matter how hard we fight political correctness, we always seem to lose ground. I mean, we've been fighting this tooth and nail for three decades, and the country is further left than ever. So I examined – I took – Seriously, the leftist intellectuals who foisted this awful intellectual poison upon us. And I concluded that not only has the right forced its will on the country, but unfortunately, conservatives have all too often just gone along with it.
3: Now, Michael, I've, uh, I love history, and I've looked through history many times. And political correctness in one form or another has always reared its head by the totalitarian mafia, whether they call themselves national socialists or communists or whatever it is. And it really is the scepter of all tyrants, which, by the way, I copyrighted, so you can use it, but you'll pay me. Um, when you When you realize that we, unfortunately, have been painted into this box where we're always left with these Hobson... Hobson Choices, where it's done through political correctness and through the manipulation of words, to where we're calling communists and Marxists liberal. Can we get it back, or is it simply too late?
1: I think there is hope. I think all these parents showing up to their school boards and demanding that critical race theory be booted out of the classroom, uh, those people give me a lot of hope. The uh, leading Republicans do not give me a ton of hope, unfortunately, because For 30 years now, they've fallen for the trap of political correctness, whereby either way you respond to PC, you actually end up furthering PC's agenda. So, you know, the squishes will, of course, just give in. They'll go along with the new PC standard. They'll call a man a woman. They'll totally abandon all all sorts of traditional standards. But the the more stalwart conservatives, say the the free speech absolutists even – Unfortunately, they fall for this this trap as well, because in, in saying that they will not go along with the PC standard, they'll actually usually end up abandoning all standards, right? They'll say, you can totally say whatever you want, do whatever you want at any given time. And unfortunately, that advances the left's agenda, too, because all the left is after is this purely negative campaign to destroy traditional standards and to destroy. Life. This is where you actually get these terms like critical theory or critical race theory. They just want to criticize everything. It comes from a line of Karl Marx saying that we need a ruthless criticism of all that exists. And so I think we need a third option because either way, right now, we're going to end up furthering the radical left agenda.
3: I am uh, I'm happy to see all of the outcry at the school boards. I really am. I recognized years and years ago that to a certain extent you were completely powerless. As a parent, I made the decision to pay for every instance of, of my own kid's school. I understand that that's a, a decision of principle, not practicality. But the reality is when you look at the school boards and you see the outcry, ultimately, when the doors are closed, these collaborating Marxists and socialists really do have the power and ultimately can ignore the public outcry. And that's how you get these these sewers of corruptions like the CPS school system. Is there anywhere where you think, in your opinion, it's actually working, the pushback?
1: Yes, I do think there's a little pushback that that is effective, but but your observation is totally right. You may have... 90% 90% of the people on your side on certain questions. But if you don't control the institutions of power, then that in a buck fifty is going to get you a cup of coffee. And, and the people who foisted PC upon us, the leftist intellectuals from a hundred years ago, guys like Antonio Gramsci, the Frankfurt School, later on the New Left, and, and uh, from there through the university campuses and all the other institutions, they knew this. Gramsci called for what he, he described as a war of position. Not a war of maneuver where you advance and retreat, but a war of position whereby radicals attain positions of influence and and attain cultural hegemony, as he called it, and from there wield power so we can have all the outcry we want, but they still have the levers of power. I think we're beginning to realize that the way to push back is to have the courage to absolutely wield political power on the occasion that the people give it to. you. What I mean by that is conservatives for the past 30 years or more have often behaved as though it's illegitimate to use political power. The only thing we can ever manage to do is cut taxes. And I like tax cuts as this guy, but there are, in fact, other things in life to focus on. But because so many conservatives have felt that it would somehow be unprincipled to wield wield our own political power, then the only people actually doing anything in politics are the left. And I don't think there's anything dignified or principled about that. It's been terribly effective. But I think we could learn something from our opponent's tactics. When you're
3: warriors to the opposition of this Marxism, when you're relying on the people with the character and the ignorance of, a, of of the Mitt Romney, of, to a certain extent, I could name 50 of the establishment Republicans who pretended to not be establishment. Lindsey Graham comes to mind. And you realize the certain built-in systemic both socialism and money laundering schemes of industries and sections of our economy where we don't want to learn about whether it's the funding of military weaponry which should be more monitored we should be more on top of it rather than turning a blind eye to a conflict and we don't watch where the money goes do we even have warriors on our side or do we have charlatans who say I'm better than the other guy vote for me and I'll set you free When I, you got to remember I'm talking to you from Illinois we don't have a, a Republican Party. We have Democrats that dress better. So, you know, yeah. what's, what happens in that scenario?
1: Yes, it's true in Illinois. It's true in New York. It's true in California. Frankly, it's true all over the country. There are plenty of charlatans out there, and it, it, it is good to call them out and primary them and try to remove them from power. But, but even worse, there are plenty of people who just are simply too naive to to behave in politics. I can have a grudging respect for the charlatan, at least the guy knows how to operate in a political system. But unfortunately, too many well-meaning conservatives will go out there with totally misguided principles. And, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intention. So I, I think w- I, the ideal candidate is neither a cynical charlatan nor a naive uh, political rube, you know, we're called to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves, not the other way around. And so, what you want is a co- conservative who can offer a substantive moral vision. They can actually say something, not just defend the right of free speech in the abstract. Because the right of free speech in the abstract means nothing if you have nothing to say. They actually have to offer a real standard, a real political vision, and then they need to have the tactical knowledge to affect that that position. in in the political framework and to wield the power that the people give him. I think there are a handful of politicians doing that right now. You know, at the governor level, you see someone like Ron DeSantis doing a good job in Florida. At the level of the Senate, Senator Cruz is doing a great job. I don't just say it because I host a podcast with him. I think he's really had a spine unlike a lot of other people out there. But, you know, the, the examples of politicians who are really standing up are relatively few in the Republican Party. But I think they need to remember Courage is the prerequisite for all the other virtues. And Trump, no matter what you think of him, I hope he lives a long life, but someday when he meets his eternal reward, I hope he donates his body to science and his spine to the GOP. There's they could benefit from. Oh.
3: I like that. I like that. That's an excellent uh, synopsis. The reality is when you are living in an unknown time like this where we have allowed government to usurp so much of our private property, we've allowed them as entrepreneurs to shut down our business. We've allowed them as parents to imprison our kids and to a certain extent put ourselves under house arrest. Isn't it like the old hitmen say the first one's the hardest and the second one will be twice as easy? Do you think that we've learned our lesson from the failures of the overreaction to the government created virus, which you don't have to agree with that or not. But do you think we that we are now susceptible to more shutdowns?
1: We certainly haven't learned our lesson. Uh, from the past year, because we're, we're still going along with it. I mean, you, you make this point about the, the government's complicity in the virus. At the very least, we know that China, <laughs> the government of China, was complicit in that virus, or we we have overwhelming certainty of that. And we know that the, the government of the United States. Was funding certain types of research and research in the United States, so there's no question about that. No matter how outlandish you think a theory is, and the the fact that even beyond the the virus itself, whether it was naturally occurring or made in a lab or made intentionally as a bioweapon in China, the fact is that where we really lost was on acquiescing to the lockdown. <laughs> no no doctor made us do that. We surrendered those rights ourselves, and we're continuing to do it on the vaccine passport. On uh, continuing to abide the, uh, these sorts of lockdown measures, even a, over a year, a year and a half after it all began. That, that really fills me with a lot of dismay that the American people didn't fight back harder. But I will say the glimmer of hope here is the fact that you've got parents, you know, not, not elite people from elite institutions but regular old parents showing up to their school boards pushing back and saying no stop teaching these kinds of poisonous ideologies to my kids i don't care what you call it i don't want it in the schools to me to me that fills me with hope and makes me think that the american people still have some common sense
3: so I, uh, I only have two more minutes with you, so I've got a, quite a decision to make. I want to ask you two different things, but I'm going to go with the most important. When you have people like me who have lost faith in the electoral system, you know, you got to remember, kid, I'm from a neighborhood in Chicago where this is commonplace. The reality is the Republican response to the Democrat usurpation and seizure of voting laws and rules is limp at best. Why are they not promoting a blockchain, a new technology, fingerprinting, whatever the case is, to shore up our voting system? Otherwise, you're not going to get me to take a day off.
1: Because they're afraid of being called racist. I mean, that is just the, the club now that the left uses. They've been doing it for a long time. And they've redefined the word racist. I, I describe this process of redefinition at length, speechless, because racist is such a weapon of theirs. And so now we're told that if you want any sort of election integrity, you're, you're bigoted and vile and racist. Uh, it's ironic, of course, because we know that the leftist, quote-unquote, reforms of our election system make it more vulnerable to fraud. Frankly, even Barack Obama admitted that. And when you have ineligible voters voting, that, that uh, takes away votes from all sorts of people, including black voters and have They redefined those terms and they're trying now for the, the largest power grab in the election system in American history through HR 1 S1. 1. I call it the Corrupt Politicians Act. It was stalled out for now, but they, they are going to revisit it. And I think conservatives need to, to just stop worrying what the left calls us. I don't worry about being called a racist, because I'm not one. And I, I have objections to racism on a theological level, and they're going to call me that anyway. Frankly, they're going to call me that if I sneeze. It doesn't even matter what I say. So who cares? Yeah. I mean, the left doesn't care what we call them. And I think we need to have the same sort of confidence and the same kind of courage.
3: His name is Mike Knowles. He's the host of the Mike Knowles Show, Prager University's The Book Club. He is the number one best-selling author and author of the new book, Reasons. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. I truly appreciate it. And I'm going to ask you to come back because I want to ask you the economy question. I ran out of time. Will you come back?
1: We'll We'll have to do it next time. I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me.
3: Thank you, Mike Knowles. I appreciate it very much. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I'm enjoying the music, man. Johnny Rocket knows the music business. Eric, I love you, babe, but you're nowhere near what Johnny Rocket can do. All right, listen, we could uh, do a little uh, Mistwood Golf Club free-for-all with the guests, but I want to make a point before we do. 312-642-5600. There was a reason I asked that question about the voting integrity, because if you cannot shore this up in our minds then all of this is, is, is a show. It's kabuki. doesn't mean anything unless you can build back a voting system that has integrity. And how in the hell are we going to do that with Republicans like this? He, of
0: course, kept
1: pushing last night again uh, the big lie that the 2020 election was rigged. Uh, this all comes as Arizona Republicans are completing their ridiculous partisan audit. Other states are considering doing the same. Even former Attorney General Bill Barr called it all in an interview in the Atlantic magazine, and you'll pardon my French, bull******, that's a quote from the attorney general, former attorney general, well, uh, you got to do like a man these repeated lies about the election, the whitewashing of what
0: happened January 6th, do you think it undermines American democracy and if so, do you think that more of your Republican colleagues need to speak out? Well, I do think it's important
6: uh, for each person to uh, to speak the truth and to make clear uh, that the big lie is exactly that. I, I can tell you that, that...
3: Here's what undermines American democracy. When we are subjected to be victims of Democrat-specific counties that have manipulated the outcome, period, end of story. All you have to do is look at a map. All you have to do is understand exactly what transpired on election night. And all we need are our side of the aisle to at least pretend to care. When the reality is, and it's not just because of the magic underpants and he's, he can get elected to anything in Utah, it's because there are a cabal of Republicans that guarantee complacency in the face of absolute and total Obvious skullduggery.
6: It is surely being used around the world uh, to minimize the, uh, uh, the support for democracy. I mean, there is a battle going on in the world right now between the autocratic nations like China and Russia. And-
3: I wouldn't vote for this piece of garbage if he were the only one on the ticket. I wouldn't waste my
6: day voting for him, would you? Three, one, two, six, four, two, fifty six nations that believe in democracy. And if uh, if the autocratic nations can point to the United States, which is the, the birthplace, really, of this modern democracy and and can say, look, they can't even run an election there. That's not fraudulent. How can you possibly run it in your country? That obviously is, is, is having an impact on on the cause of democracy and freedom around the world. He's more
3: concerned with the appearance of legitimacy than he is with legitimacy. Do you foresee a problem here? You just want me to buy this nonsense and, and, and pretend that you're going to be the cure, right, Mitt, with your slick back hair? It's not going to happen. Robert, Oak Park.
1: Yes, Sean. Hopefully you're having a nice time over in this group. Nice weather. Oh, very serious.
3: i tell you what, it's getting loud. I've been up since very early. I got rained on. I feel like David Hockberg looks, but I'm pulling it through. Go ahead.
1: Right, right. Okay, the previous caller stated the 73 shot, it was not reported in the Chicago Tribune. There's a very absolute reason, and I have it. Tribune is just purchased by Alden Capitals. They're known to crash, burn, and sell their acquisitions.
3: Oh, we lost them. Sorry about that, Robert. we got a bad connection. We are remote. 312-642-5600. Is Romney right? Should we just all move along? Should we all forget about it? Should we pretend that whether it's 22 or 24, then we're going to really get a fair shake. Then we're going to really get a fair shake. I can't hit. Why can't I hit Romney?
6: Uh, frankly, Jake, that here in the U.S., there's a growing recognition that this is a bit like WWF, uh, that it's entertaining, uh, but it's not real. And I...
3: You know, maybe that's the the thing. Maybe, maybe Mitt and his magic underpants are onto something. Maybe it's not real when both sides of the aisle can completely come together on phony bills that are 1.2 trillion, 1.9 trillion, the whole time knowing that it's going to be 6 trillion. The whole time knowing that their strength lies in our bankruptcy, that our complacency has to come. 312 642 5600. Jeff, Al, I'll get to you when I get back from commercial break. Somebody get me a drink. We'll be back after this. That's what I needed. Johnny Rocket. Never lets me down. Never. Well, there was a couple times. He had some Steve Cortez music left over. He was determined to ruin my afternoon. But uh, this is hard. You you know, I don't mind the people looking at me. I don't mind any of that. But to watch Dan Proff sit over there eating when I'm hungry and Amy Jacobson with their country club show in studio with all his little assistants, spoiled bratty, is it? Anyway, it's been five months. Now, I've never really spent time in the joint, but I can't imagine it's much worse than this. I mean, except, you know, I get to pick out my clothes every morning. But this is like five months in prison. So I'm going to give you a little treat just because i kind of miss it i kind of miss it i admit i miss it a lot more than the than the character more than the way it offended so many of the marxist mu- puppets pretending to be reporters i miss the policies of the trump administration i really do i cannot believe how fast how corrupted we have been thrown into this real chicago style politics nationwide
6: earlier this year the biden administration issued new rules pushing twisted critical race theory into classrooms across the nation and also into our military our generals and our admirals are now focused more on this nonsense than they are on our enemies by the way i don't mean interrupt them
3: but i'm going to interrupt them do you realize the activity that's been going on both from Russia and Iran right in our very backyard? Yet mums the word from the Muppets on Sunday night on Sunday shows. Mums the word. We have no idea the chaos and the devastation our foreign policy of this buffoon. For half a century, this stupid son of a gun has not only been corrupted, he's been wrong.
6: You see these generals lately on television? They they are woke. They are woke. Our military will be incapable of fighting and incapable of taking orders. You're going to tell some private, private, stand up. You stand up right now. I'm not standing up. You can't talk to me that way, General. We're going to have a whole different ballgame here. I don't know how they're going to work that out. The, the private's going to tell the general, don't
3: you? They're going to work that out with a foreign policy that bribes people, not to bomb us. Bribes country and underwrites the very terrorism and the chaos we pretend to be against. That's how Democrats work out everything. It's a little payoff, a little bag, a little investment. That's the formula. Jeff and Algonquin. Hey, Sean. Hi, hey, do you know who owns Blackstone? Is it one person, or is it going to be one of those Federal Reserve questions where it's no? It's somebody of the you know
1: orders? in Chicago, the biggest shark in Chicago, Sam Zell, is Blackstone. So well, he's Sam a, Zell, he's a, he's a principal. is a prince. that explains why he went people. into real estate? That's. They've always been in real estate. They, yeah. they are going to buy out people who cannot make their mortgages, and bring thirty percent to the table, and then those houses will be foreclosed on. Sam's going to buy those houses and will be paid by Joe Biden. For those houses so you're effectively taking people that have been hard-working people you're taking their homes leveraging them against them to be on the welfare ticket they're gonna get their houses they're gonna they're, it's not they're gonna have section eight houses the same people will live in those houses so you take Sam Zell the monster of Chicago a great capitalist and a great guy a great man big heart surrounds himself with very religious people. And he is in the, the, the point where he is going to have to, he's a monster. He's going to Wait. attack. He's taking this over. This is what's going to happen.
3: You left out the best part, Jeff. He's going to do it with the money of the public purse. He was he's given gonna, $9 yeah, trillion. Dollars. Yeah,
1: we're going to pay for it. So you're going to pay for
3: your own destruction, yes. And then what's going to happen, too, Jeff, is the end renter. Those are called uh, SFRs, single-family rentals. So he not only has the public money that he's doing this with, he's also got a tremendous amount of the pension investment through hedge funds that he's doing this with. And it's all with the wink and the nod, the way the Pritzker family does things, where there will automatically be... Um, Section 8 guaranteed rent from the government so it's it's effortless for him he'd be stupid to turn it down and I agree with you he's probably a wonderful guy I don't know the man he's probably a great human being but this level of, of false investment and corruption what it is is too much for anyone to deny how could he deny it he stands to make billions on top of billions and that's why it's the system of corruption that the Marxist loves, Jeff The problem is the the, the citizens are too stupid to fight back, too ignorant, or too um, distracted with their own problems. And that is why, unfortunately, I don't see us making it to 300 years. I don't. I don't see America surviving. We will be a hybrid Soviet nation. Just watch the day when you see the U.S.S.A. instead of the U.S.A. And that's the problem. Thank you, Jeff, for the phone call and nauseating as those facts are. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have it in me to lie to you. Ronnie, Chicago.
1: Hey, Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. Hey, how are you? Just want to say a couple comments. Uh, uh, The Second Amendment and gun rights don't work. Because my family in Venezuela, Venezuela doesn't have gun rights. And there's no uh, uh, folks going out there murdering, uh, uh, you know, folks. And same thing with China and Cuba. You don't hear about mass murders.
3: Yeah, it's just done by the government. It's just done by the government.
1: Yeah. And and there's no uprisings, right? Hey, last one one more thing, if I may. Latinx, us Latinos do not like Latinx. It's only Latino and Latina because there's only two genders. Thank you, brother. Keep up the good work.
3: I appreciate it, Ronnie. I have to tell you, I grew up in an area that was really on the cusp of turning, and mainly it was people from South America and Mexico. I never looked at them like that. I just looked at them as guys and girls that I went to school with. They're kids that I know on the block. I think we've adopted this. And I get it, you know, you want to be this or you want to be that. You, know, you want to just be a guy or a girl or an American. Is everything through nationality, and I think you could be proud of your origin. I am. But I think we should maybe work on stop identifying all people by race. You remember how it used to be, how the real civil rights movement was, you know, where you judged people on character. Those are the good old days.
6: Whoever speak to me that way, General, I'll kick your ass. That's
3: our military. The good old days. That was when we had a president who could at least form a sentence. You might not have liked him, but he could form a sentence. Robert, I got one minute.
6: Hey, Sean, how you doing?
3: Wonderful, Robert.
6: I think um, it's it's just terrible the way this is, the way the government is just selling out the foreign countries and everything. As far as Mitt Romney, I think he needs to go, period. What do you think?
3: Well, of course, but selling out is the wrong, wrong phrase. We're not selling out to foreign countries. We're bribing them. We're giving them the money that they're loaning. We're paying for their corruption and pretending it's a foreign policy. That's, that's an even bigger problem. There's a book out there I want everybody to take a, a, a look at. It's Confessions of an Economic Hitman. I want you to read it and understand how we practice this on other nations to buy their complacency to bankrupt them to put them into our debt and now we're doing it to ourselves these are the policies we're following you realize we're broke you're broke there is no money there is no they're printing it up and they have to keep spending it in order to pretend we're floating when the reality is you're drowning 3126425600 i'll take your calls and comments when i get
2: back
3: It's not even Friday. He's got Friday music going. I love it. But it's all right. We are at Mistwood Golf Club. And by the way, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. It makes you sick to your stomach to realize that this is unfortunately in a state that has probably definitely handicapped the owners if they can somehow fight through the times and the climate that these Mercedes Marxists have put them through. And when I play this next clip, I want you to think about Mitt Romney voting for him. I want you to think about Adam Kinzinger voting for him. I want you to think about all the never-Trumpers and all of the Keystone Libertarians that voted for this creepy son of a dog, knowing that the only reason they did it is because they didn't like Trump.
0: People are waiting for relief. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are
3: consequential. This- and those are his voters, the recipients of the government cheese. And that's all he has to offer. And what he's telling you is there's more to come.
6: This week for child care, a lot has been happened already. Number one. Number two, I'm going to fight like heck to get them the rest of what I think has to be done. I'm going to... I, I
3: love, I love... How he has put himself as the virtuous welfare king. I love it. It's really quite brilliant. You're willing to put up with this 80-year-old dimwit who couldn't park a car. If I gave him five minutes and no traffic, couldn't park a car, he has now seized the mantle of the welfare king of America. And this is how you get a cold civil war when you pit society against
6: itself. Going around the country, spending time, making the case to the American people. That this just isn't about showing an identification. That this is who I am when I vote. This isn't just about whether or not, excuse me, you
0: can provide water for someone. He's burping standing. in
3: the middle. Just like I mean, this is this is this is a comedy. What this is about is so you could keep the drop boxes and these communist organizations, the fellow travelers, can pretend to go collect the ballots instead of forge them. That's what it's about, stupid. The good news is, long after you're gone, you'll still be voting Democrat, Biden, along with the rest of the Republicans in Illinois. Vince and Crystal Lake.
1: Georgia's going to uh, vote to decertify the election. The Senate is, uh, so hey, that's not so fake. Um, and uh, tell have Mitt Romney tell all the thousands of people working their butts off in Arizona to to get a legitimate vote count.
3: Vince, now think about it like we're a couple of gangsters who stood on the precipice of receiving billions of dollars if we could only, only slip by a frauded election in very specific counties. Tell me that you wouldn't be in on it if you could. Now, you and I wouldn't be, but you do understand, Vince, the lure. And you do understand why it's not in the best interest of the Mitt Romneys around who simply want a piece of that money he's voting on. He simply wants a piece of that $6.8 trillion that he knew was going to be spent when he voted for the $1.9 trillion. He knew it. And that's why, Vince, it's an unfortunate thing. I agree with you. There's nobody. I was, I was that night. I said, there's no way he could lose. The next day, I'm the one that put the, the notice on my store. If you voted for this piece of garbage, I don't want to see your face. I've always understood this was a theft, and I understood why they did it. It's the greatest theft in world history. And now how do you get it back? You're going to rely on the Mitt Romneys? Brother, I feel your pain. Five months, imagine what four years is going to be. I'll see you soon. Thank you, Vince, for calling the show. I mean, I guess it's easy. it would be easy. For me to tell you that there was some magic circumstance where we were going to be saved and that uh, Arizona was going to discount the vote along with Georgia. How do you get them out? Anybody want to tell me what that looks like? Dave and Lansing.
1: Uh,
0: hey, Sean. I, got, I have two things. To, I, uh, I'm sorry. I have it's something to like report. I, I heard I, uh, it's
3: always like a game show. Every time you call, <laughs> I got three things. I got two things. How about one thing? You got one thing?
1: <laughs> yes, I do. I was listening to a radio AM radio station with a CBS news feed, and I, and I thought I found the Easter Bunny or a unicorn. They said mass shooting three different times. I couldn't believe it. They called the shootings in Chicago mass shootings. I was like, yeah, but, "Oh my God, they're telling the truth."
3: That's Marxist speech for we're coming after the law-abiding gun work- owners. Don't don't get excited when they use that phrase, because all that's going to okay. be all that all that means is that'll be used as a baton against us, the law-abiding citizen. They have no concern about the kid who got out of the car with a Gatling gun. Him, he's okay, because after all, I what like do your he pessimism. Needs? What he needs is... Thank you. And here's the thing. You know why? Because I know I'm as sure as I can, can stand here that that's the kid that they're talking about should get the brand new house that's bought for by the government money. That's the virtuous citizen that the government has decided to protect while they penalize you and I for earning the money and having the jobs and wanting to keep it. Beware a country who identifies... Somebody as a tax cheat because he wants to keep his money and the tax cheat is not the guy that wants to spend it after they confiscate it. See there's a real tax cheat out here. It's called the Democrat. That's a tax cheat. He don't want to earn, he just wants to take. I had a great time. Be back in studio tomorrow, five to seven.
0: She don't believe in shooting stars, but she's been called Sean. Now, 312-642-5600. <laughs> Larry.